It's the beginning of a new week and there's lots of stories to cover, so we're going to get straight to it. Sit right back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, on the America Out Loud Network. Be sure to tune in, americaoutloud.news, to all of my colleagues' shows, as well as the 24-7 Talk Radio Network, where you can go to your favorite app device to that store and download the app America Out Loud and listen to those shows any time of day, 24 hours a day. 365 days a week. All right, let's get straight to it. We're going to cover the stories from the weekend, a story that has me scratching my head, and uh, much, much more. But before I can do all that, I have to thank those that support the show with buying me a cup of coffee. If you were listening about a month and a half ago, I started a computer fund. And uh, some very nice individuals donated about several hundred dollars to that computer fund. And today I can proudly tell you all, I am currently recording on my brand new computer setup. And it's going extremely well. Matter of fact, the time that it takes me to render things has been cut by about, I don't know, uh, more than 75%. Uh, Things are lightning quick. I can do an hour and 20 minute long video and render it in 14 minutes now. My audio that used to take a long time, uh, I hit the render button and the show is done within just about 15 seconds for a 40 minute show. Uh, So you guys have all helped my productivity out that gave to that. Uh, If you'd like to cover the rest of the cost of that and help support the show, you can still buy me a cup of coffee on buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. Uh, But I just wanted to really give a heartfelt thank you. As you all know, computers are expensive and uh, I don't collect a paycheck for doing this show. I do it because I believe the message is important and I want to make sure that I can get that out. We're going to start off with the craziest story of the weekend that perhaps you haven't heard about yet or by the time you're listening to this on Monday, maybe you'll have heard about it at this point in time. But this is wild. The military put out a notice on Sunday night asking if anybody has eyes on an F-35. Now, an F-35 is a military aircraft uh, that is one of the most state-of-the-art. It went missing around, I believe it was around 6 p.m., 7 p.m., near Charleston, North Carolina. The pilot ejected from the aircraft but, but here's where the story gets pretty crazy. The airplane did not crash on Sunday night. See, it went into autopilot mode and continued to fly, and our military has no idea where it's gone. It's, it's, it's a major, major issue. So Joint Base Charleston, they tweeted out. They said, we're working with MCA 
S. Beaufort, South Carolina, to locate an F-35 that was involved in a mishap this afternoon. The pilot ejected safely. If you have any information that may help our recovery teams locate the F-35, please call the Base Defense Operations Center. And if I'm just going to give you the number, actually, listeners, because maybe it's in your backyard now. 843-963-3600. They want to hear from you. It then says, based on the jet's last known position and in coordination with the FAA, we are focusing our attention north of J.B. Charleston around Lake Moultrie and Lake Marion. Now, uh, people are doing homework now on all of this, and they're saying that it could make it almost as far as Canada if we're to continue at altitude until it ran out of fuel based upon how much uh, distance an F-35 can cover without needing to refuel and based upon where it took off. But I, I just, in my lifetime, I never thought that I would see our military give out a phone number and be like, hey, have you guys seen a F-35 flying overhead or is it in your backyard that it land there? I'm sorry, but somebody's going to have a really bad day if that thing's landed in somebody's backyard. Now, I feel bad for the pilot. Apparently, the pilot does have some injuries. I believe... They're going to be okay, but um, it's a Lockheed Martin Lightning II. It's a single-seat, single-engine, all-weather stealth, multi-role combat aircraft that's supposed to be one of the most superior aircraft that we have in our entire arsenal. At first flight was 16 years ago. It's been in production from 2006 until present. Anyway, I just thought this was an absolutely bizarre story, and I had to cover it at the very top of the show. Now, let's get in to the other big story from the weekend. Donald Trump, he went on to meet the press. And depending, I guess, what side of the uh, political spectrum you're on, that depends on how you interpreted that entire thing. Now, here's what I saw. I watched Kristen Walker do this interview, and I thought that she actually did an admirable job trying to rein Donald Trump in anytime that he went to his talking points rather than what the questions were that Kristen wanted him to speak on. He continuously tried to make points and Kristen continued to say, well, there's just no evidence for those claims talking about the 2020 election. But there was something that Donald Trump started talking about during that time that I thought was interesting because I brought it up on my show. He starts talking about the ballots that were mail-in ballots and the security And Kristen did not want that in there. And he made this claim. He said, well, the courts didn't want to address it. We would love to have that evidence actually in courts, but they didn't want to hear that. Look, here's my problem with that. If you're Donald Trump, do you believe that every single court in the land all conspired against you to make sure that you couldn't have your evidence heard and seen of what you want to show? I do believe that one of the most insecure ways we could hold an election would be if we start allowing mail-in ballots where people aren't going to be properly verified. I'm also a big proponent and fan of doing voter ID. In fact, our youth is a fan of that as well. You talk to any uh, teenager, anybody who's in school, and you ask them about the voting process, if they plan on voting when they turn 18, they go, you know, well, what do I need? Don't you just show up? You need to be, uh, you know, just on the books show up and you're good to go. And they're like, well, I don't need a a voter ID. I don't need to take anything. Nope. Nope. You don't. Democrats don't want you to have that. Um, I don't say that to anybody, but I'm just stating that that's their viewpoint. And when I talk to uh, teenagers though, about voting, all right, that specific part, they are shocked 
that we do not do a background. And so I think that Trump's making a good point uh, to Kristen on that. But so here are some other things right now. I, I thought that he, he took credit for the entire abortion uh, with the Supreme Court, which I, I assumed he would because, you know, he appointed those Supreme Court justices during that time. But when he said that, you know, the Democrats wanted to allow it up until, you know, birth, Kristen pushback shows, no, no one actually wants that. No, Kristen, there are Democrats that want that. We see this. And I thought Donald Trump did a nice job in pushing for what's going on in Virginia um, and then stating that both sides need to put the issue to rest. And he said that, you know, what happened with the Supreme Court, which I've said I believe is correct, talk about state rights. He said, now we're going to have to agree to a number of weeks or months or however you want to define it. And both sides are going to come together and both sides, and this is a big statement, both sides will come together. And for the first time in 52 years, you'll have an issue that we can put behind us. That seems rather definitive, Donald. Uh, Mr. President, I don't believe that you can get both sides to come together on abortion. I, I, I don't think that that is possible. And I'm going to explain why. When it comes to abortion, if you are a pro-life individual, you are not going to have any wiggle room whatsoever for the number of weeks. Because someone who is truly pro-life, which I'm starting to believe that, Mr. President, you are not truly pro-life with your statement. Something that's pr truly pro-life would agree that immediately after conception, then an abortion is murder. That it is the taking of a life. And that according to our founding fathers, the framers of the Constitution, that once somebody is conceived, right, the, the people that would look at this would state, well, guess what? We have to protect that life because they have a right to life. And so I think that Donald Trump really weakened his uh, support from that base with his comments with Welker, if that gets out there. I don't believe that that's going to go well whatsoever. Now, another part of this interview was very interesting. Uh, Trump uh, was asked about whether or not he's afraid of going to prison. And he says that he doesn't even think about it. He goes, I'm just built differently, basically. He's like, and, uh, you know, people come up to me and they say, how do you do it, sir? How do you do it? I don't even think about it. I think that Donald Trump is full of hot air on this. I do think he's losing sleep over this. And if he's not, then he's absolutely psychotic. How can you have four different court cases? And if, if you're claiming that everybody's conspiring against you in order to do this and it's a witch hunt, then how do you not become paranoid about the whole thing? I mean, he sounds paranoid when he talks about it. Uh, so I, I felt like this was an answer that Donald Trump was not trustworthy on either. I feel like he completely missed the boat. Uh, he currently says that he supports the democracy in our country, but he just doesn't believe in it. In the fact that, hey, you know what? Uh, he's being unfairly targeted by indictments. He's been unfairly investigated over and over again. And it's not fair, you know, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. But he says that, you know, we need a media that's free and fair. And frankly, if they don't have that, it's very, very hard to straighten out our country. I, I would agree with Donald on this point here. Our democracy is, in many ways, turning to a delegitimized democracy. Uh, our republic is weakened. You know, if you listen to my show, you hear me talk about the Constitution. You hear me talk about the fact that we have gotten away from 
we the people, and we've handed over our power. We've contracted our power in many ways to many different organizations, and we have unconstitutionality across the board if you simply go back to the document. But we've enabled that through implied contract. Okay, so that's that's the first part. So in that case, you know, when you have people say, well, we should be a republic, you're right, but we're more representative of democracy at this point in time within that republic. And so as a result, how's our democracy doing? Well, when you have a Supreme Court that has justices that have no ethical standards and people start criticizing whether or not they can be trusted or we can just pack the courts, we can just do whatever, you've delegitimized the judicial branch from being able to do their job. When you talk about how one person's not your president versus the other, whether it's Trump in office isn't somebody's president or it's Joe Biden isn't somebody's president, you've delegitimized the office of president, the executive branch. Now, the legislative branch is doing a very good job of delegitimizing itself as well because they pass unconstitutional laws left and right, but they don't really care about it because they just go, well, we'll just wait till the Supreme Court or one of the courts takes this up. We got to pass it for the betterment of what we believe in. So when Trump talks about during this uh, uh, interview about how he loves democracy, just not how the United States system currently works, Trump, you were a part of that problem during those four years, right? You were a part of that problem with executive orders. I've said on my show before, it doesn't matter who's doing executive orders. Executive orders are an abuse of the Constitution, the Constitution's checks and balances. Uh, emergency declarations are an abuse as well. And so I think Trump needs to dig deep and, and look a little bit at himself and his role in how democracy has been usurped from the people. And it's not saying he's the one that invented it. Uh, I would even say that, you know, you look at Joe Biden, he undid all the executive orders and just put his own executive orders in. It's just like, you know, who's going to be king for the next four years? And I don't think that that's right right now. But one thing that he said uh, that I think would be interesting, uh, he said he wants great people. He doesn't care if they're Republican or Democrat. He just wants great people. He wants people that love our country, not people that hate our country. Now, I did a Twitter space last week talking about the Constitution. I had Mike Termont from the Libertarian Party. He's currently running for their nominee to become the presidential candidate. I believe that, I don't know how, I don't even know if I have a, a, a ability to influence people enough in this conversation, but I'm still going to say it. I believe that the, the, the biggest evil that we have in our political structure at the present moment is not Donald Trump. It's not Joe Biden. It's the label of Republican and Democrat, as well as the system that's put in place to make sure that only Republicans and Democrats get elected, which means the people that really truly love our country, people that are constitutionalists, people that are libertarians, they are people that have a lot of pride in our country, but they don't have a path forward. And I'm not sure they'll ever truly have a path forward with the way that we have current classical thinking about the function, roles, and responsibility of our government. Now then, Trump was also asked, I'm moving on, he was asked if he ever thought about pardoning himself, and he says that's very unlikely. Um, he never thought about uh, preemptively pardoning himself before he exited. Um, he said he didn't feel that he did anything wrong, and uh, you mean because I challenged an election, they want to put me in jail? He's like, I didn't do anything wrong for any of that. And I I've been saying, if short of 
they'll get people around Trump and maybe get them on some like minor charges. I don't think most of the stuff really uh, comes to fruition against him. He does say that he ignored legal advice from attorneys who told him the election wasn't stolen. Uh, he said, we have many people and it's my choice. He told Walker, it was my decision, but I listened to some people. So there are people that told him that he lost the election. There are people that told him there was no evidence of fraud. There were outside uh, attorneys. Some are currently uh, being charged, like Sidney Powell and um, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, and they are the ones who helped him contest the election. They're the ones. And now they find themselves in some hot water. But here's the thing. If Trump truly believed this, how are you going to say that he was inciting something that he thought was false, but he believed anyway. I truly believe the guy thinks everything that he says is true. And I, I've said that that's going to be the problem with them trying to try him on all this stuff. You got to be able to say that there was an intent of guilt. I don't think that Trump has an intent of guilt. Walker also at the very beginning of the interview, she talked to him about um, retribution. What did he mean by the statement that he was the retribution. Is he going to go after political opponents? And basically he said, no, I'm not Joe Biden. I'm not going to go do that. Um, he also says he has nothing to do with Speaker McCarthy going after Joe Biden for impeaching him, which by the way, do, does anyone really believe that Joe Biden's going to be impeached? I don't, I don't think so. It's not going to happen. Uh, and Kevin McCarthy, this is just after Matt Getz basically says, you know, he wants to recall him and remove him as speaker. And now all of a sudden he wants to do this. Nah, it's we're in larger political 3D chess coming up here. This is not what it seems to be. And then he also uh, says he liked Putin's recent comments about him, but he doesn't really have a, a, a way to end the war. He just says, I'll make a fair deal for everybody. Um, what is a fair deal? You know, I think a fair fair deal is Russia just goes back to Russia, respects the borders that Ukraine had before they started getting little pieces of it, and Ukraine gets that back. And there's some type of uh, payment from Russia to the Ukraine for, for invoking this war upon them and causing this death and chaos. And then the Ukraine can turn around and send that money right back to us because God knows we know it. Um, and then... The, the bigger part is uh, Trump says he won't seek a third term should he win next fall. Uh, so anyway, Governor Ron DeSantis had stated that uh, he promoted an ability to serve two full terms rather than one. And Trump says, no, there's, there's nothing that the 22nd Amendment of the Constitution is only two four-year terms. So that put to rest the people that thought that that would go down. He also says... Um, a couple other things during that he would shut down the government if they didn't come to a better agreement. And I like that talk. That was the one thing, the one thing that I really was like, I'm glad Trump said it, but I wish Welker had stuck with it a little bit longer and got a little bit more details. Um, but then he also did not have a plan on Taiwan. Uh, he, he did not really know what we're going to do. I can tell you what we should do. Uh, we should just start making semiconductors ourselves and figure out how that's going to look for our future and get away from Taiwan as fast as possible so we don't bankrupt ourselves even further. All right, so we got an F-35 missing. We got Donald Trump in the news. And when we come back, we got Russell Brand. We got tabloid news. Okay, we have some tabloid news. But it, it's important tabloid news in a sense 
of how people are hypocritical. We got Russell Brand, we got Lauren Bobbert, and also I have a little story I'm going to share with you about Best Buy. And also, uh, maybe I'll even tell you about the bank. I'll start with a bank thing and see if anybody remembers something, and then we'll get some reactions from the audience. All right. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a break right here. Make sure you go over to americaoutloud.store. You can visit all the different sponsors of the network, help keep the lights on there. That helps support my show because they publish it on all of your favorite podcast networks as well as the America Out Loud Network. And for that, I am very grateful. I'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show. We are here on this lovely Monday. Thanks for tuning in with me. Let's continue on. I had a thought over the weekend. Uh, I'm thinking about the interest rates. You know, I'm teaching over at the high school and my boss, we're in a conversation about students and then he transitions. He's like, hey, Bolden, I heard you talk about on your podcast about, you know, finances. And I'm just thinking about these interest rates. When are these things coming down? What are you thinking? And I said, you know what? I don't think they are coming down this time. I've taught the mortgagees, people that give out the mortgages, the lenders, and they're telling me that normally during an election, they can count on this coming down, but we're not seeing any, any recovery uh, or any relief coming anytime soon. It's close to 8%. And I don't think that it's going to go any lower because the next play and this is why the president actually really does matter. I, I need to hear a president that's against this. The next play is for the FedNow program to go live and start moving us to digital currency. 
And if you remember maybe a year ago, if you've been with me that long, I had the uneducated economist on, Simon. And Simon said, Greg, they're going to get you to accept digital currency, the central bank digital currency, by giving you negative interest rates for anybody who gives up their cash. And I'm starting to see where Simon might have been 100% correct, that this is all a play right now into 2024 to move us over to the central bank digital currency by 2030. And uh, if people don't wake up and elect somebody who is against this, I think that's a problem. In fact, I was just talking about Donald Trump. I, I missed the part where he did talk about the Federal Reserve and he's like, oh, well, it's independent. And I, I put pressure on him. No, Donald, that's not the correct answer at this point in time. The correct answer is we're going to end the unconstitutional Federal Reserve. Jekyll Island, it's going to be put a uh, silver bullet in it once and for all. That That's the answer that I wanted to hear from Donald Trump when it came to the Federal Reserve. But I didn't hear it. And But I'm just pointing that out to everybody, that there are finances right now. They're not going to get better because they want us to be in the state where we start begging eventually going, I'd love to purchase a home, but I can't because interest rates are too damn high. And eventually you'll be like, oh, well, I can get this great mortgage if I go with digital currency and I give up my ability to use cash. Don't do it. I, I, I'm telling you, don't do it. Uh, but I'm also telling you that the best way to have wealth into the future is to own property. So if you can buy a home, you're going to want to right now. I know that that sounds like really crazy advice in the midst of all this, but owning property is going to be wealth in the future and freedom in the future. And those that don't own wealth and property, oh man, you're going to be in for it. And I know that might be very difficult, but what I guess I'm saying is you don't need a mansion, right? Get something that is good for you. Now, why am I saying all this? Well, I'm looking at the banks. And so as I'm talking to them, I, my boss, that is, I'm telling them about why I believe this. I started thinking over the weekend, after that conversation, I'm going, do you remember in the 1990s, everybody was taking out CDs at their local banks, right? Buying a 10-year CD where you know that it's going to increase at 4%. Uh, each year over the course. So then when you go to take it out, you had more money in. It was a higher interest rate for being able to put in and reinvest. Well, after the housing crisis of 2007, 2008, all of those CDs, all of the high interest checking accounts at the banks, they all disappeared. You couldn't get them anymore. Now it was like, oh, well, you can get free checking, but they can do whatever they want with your money and you're really not making any interest off it. Or if you are making interest, it is well underneath 1% on your interest. It is a fraction of a percent, right? It's, 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 it's little, very, very little. Why is it that now that interest rates are back up to near 8%, they were down artificially low at like 1.9%. Why is it now that they're at 8% that banks aren't bringing back the money share? That's a question for everybody. When you go into your local bank that you put your money in for them to hold, which they can do whatever they want to make themselves richer, why are they not taking care of their patrons at this point in time? And if they're not taking care of their patrons, then all they're doing is enriching themselves and you are in a absolute scam. 
You are. You're in a money launder, not money laundering. You're in a Ponzi scheme. That's that's the word I was looking for. You're currently falling for a Ponzi scheme if you're on no interest whatsoever in that checking account, no interest whatsoever in that savings account, and you need to get out of it. You need to find your local um, federal credit unions, places that are going to start bringing this back. Because damn it, if they're taking away 8% in interest, they can afford to put that a little bit into what you are investing into their bank that they're playing with. They're not playing with their money. They're playing with your money. And I, I don't know why people haven't woken up to that, but it was just a thought. And I think that there's two things here. The first is is that conversation of demand better from the banking systems. Let some of these banks fail. Although some of these banks are too big to fail because they're in bed with the Federal Reserve. They're in bed with foreign governments as well. We know that, you know, there's CEOs. They're now on boards over in the European Union, part of the WEF. So I, I don't think that they're going anywhere. But the other part of that conversation is, well, why aren't interest rates going back down? Well, normally you raise the interest rates in order to stagnate the market, right? It's it's the basic supply demand. It's, it's macro and microeconomics in full effect. So when you stagnate the economy by raising interest rates, eventually people just can't afford to make the purchase. And then the cost is supposed to come down. But here's the problem. The cost is not coming down as the markets stagnate. Why? Because inflation across the world is now a global problem and the goods and supplies and or the do business is so much more expensive that as a result, the pricing is still rising with the interest rates. And then there's necessity. Sometimes people have got to make big purchases like a car. Their car dies. They have no other options. Sometimes they get a new job and they need to move or they have a child. And now that little uh, one bedroom apartment, they need a place because they need to, to find something to raise their family. Or maybe they, they have a fourth child and they only have three bedrooms that are tired of the bunk beds. So they got to find ways in order to make it. But outside of that, I don't see a lot of people entering the real estate market right now. I personally would love the move if I had the opportunity, but I'm not putting an 8% uh, mortgage interest rate, 7.5% even. I'm going to wait till that thing gets back down to 4% or 5% maybe. And then also make sure I got cash on hand. Uh, I'm not going to be borrowing in this type of market. And I believe that that is a larger issue for the labor market of which we live in, which brings me to my shopping experience that I told you I was going to tell you about a Best Buy. If you follow me on Twitter or X, whatever the cool kids are calling it this day, you'll know that I blasted Best Buy. I blasted Best Buy because on Saturday, I was looking for a computer monitor for my new computer that I was talking about at the beginning of the show. And when I was looking for this computer monitor, I went to Best Buy because I wanted a brick and mortar shop where I could see things. And there's really no options anymore. Like all those like PC Richardson's here in my state, they've dried up. There's no more computer cities. There's no more even Microsoft stores, places where you would have found computer monitors previously. And I refused to spend $1,500 on the Apple uh, studio display. Uh, that's just a ridiculous amount of money. Now I do need resolution and stuff, but I don't need a $1,500. So I go to Best Buy and I find this monitor and it's like a, a curved monitor. It's really nice. And I'm thinking, hmm, what's the, what's the, you know, return policy. And the guy really knew nothing about the monitor. I even said to him, like, is this a 4k monitor? Because I'm looking at the resolution, but it's a, it's a odd aspect ratio. So I don't know what this would be comparable to. And he didn't know anything. And that's first and foremost, 
disappointing because there used to be a day where you'd walk in the Best Buy and they trained their employees in the departments that they worked at where they could answer your questions efficiently. They were knowledgeable about new products that were coming out and they were actually excited to work there. That's not the experience in a post-COVID world, right? There's not good help at many of the restaurants. There's not good help at many of the bricks and mortar stores. And what's even sadder is because, as I said, all these other stores aren't around anymore. You really only have one place to go for this type of product. Sure, I could go to a a local Target, I guess, or Walmart, but I, I try not to shop at Walmart or Target if I don't absolutely have to, and there's no other options. But so I go in this Best Buy and I not getting any help. But when I finally say, you know, I want this monitor, the guy goes, uh, sir, do you have any cash on you? And I'm thinking that's an odd question. I'm like, well, I'm just using my debit card. I, I'm going to pay cash for it. And he goes, well, we can't take debit cards. Our, our entire system's down. I'm like, well, what do you mean it's down? Well, we can't take credit cards. We can't take debit cards. We can't even get onto our website right now. Our network is completely toast. It's, it's not up. So if you don't have cash, I can't sell you anything. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I leave the store. And I go about my day, hang out with my family, but I come back at 8.30 at night, the half hour before they're supposed to close. And I walk back in. I'm like, hey, first question I asked the security guy, do you know if your network's back up? He said, oh, yeah, it came back up a couple hours ago. Perfect. Excellent. So I go over to get this monitor. There's no one over there. 30 minutes before the store is closing, the guy, of course, tells me, hey, you know, the store is closing at 9 o'clock. I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm getting. I'll be in and out. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Make a long story short, this young kid's behind the counter and he finally comes around and he's like, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pick up this monitor. Just one more question. Return policy. You know, what's the restocking fee if I don't like it? And he goes, oh, there's no restocking fee. You got 15 days. I'm like, okay, great. Excellent. Go get it. I'm buying it. So after about 15 minutes, he comes carting this uh, monitor back up and I get a little HDMI cable for it and I go to check out but he can't get my Best Buy account. The network isn't showing my name. Now, that's not what I'm upset about, okay? That's not what I tweeted out. So keep listening to the story. So I said to him, like, okay, can you take my debit card? He's like, oh, yeah, you can pay for it, but I just can't give you credit that you paid for it on your account. Now, if you've ever shopped at Best Buy, the great thing about having the membership rewards is it doesn't matter if you pay cash, credit, whatever, you get gift cards for your purchases. And this is an expensive monitor. So I'm like, I'm getting a nice gift card from this for another purchase in the future. So I wanted to get a credit. So I said to him, hey, look, I'm signed in on the app. Can I just purchase it here and then show it to you? And then I can leave with the monitor. And he goes, oh yeah, that, that's a great idea. Just do that. So in front of him, it's now nine o'clock. They're closing the store. I check out and I pay the exuberant amount of money for this monitor. And I show it to him and he goes, well, uh, hold on. Uh, I don't know how to handle that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know how to handle it? You just told me that I was supposed to do it this way. I paid the money. It came out of my account and the transaction. I leave with my monitor, my HDMI cord. And he goes, well, I got to get my boss. Boss comes over and she tells me, I'm sorry, sir, but that is a pickup order. And you'll have to wait till tomorrow to come get it. Now the store is closed. I'm like, what do you talk about the store closed? When I started the transaction, the store was still open. She goes, well, corporate won't fulfill that till tomorrow morning anyway in our system. So I have no way to check you out. Like there's nothing that you need to check out. It's as simple as there's the barcode there. I just bought this thing. You scan here, you scan there and done. Or you like just keep it for tomorrow morning. But I should be able to leave. You have my money right now. Make a long story short. They would not give me this monitor. 
They told me I needed to leave and drive all the way back. Now that would have been my third trip to Best Buy. So I told him, I said, then you need to refund my money right now. So she says, I'd gladly refund your money. <laughs> Except guess what? She couldn't refund my money because it's after nine o'clock. And now she doesn't know what to do. So I'm like, okay, you have a good amount of my money. And now I have to leave and I have no product. So I refuse to leave until you give me my monitor. Anyway, security comes over. They tell me I have to leave. I'm, I'm pretty angry at this point in time. Uh, they refuse to refund my money. So I go back onto the app and the security guy goes, here, let me see if I can get you to cancel it this way. So we cancel it. Make a long story short. Customer service sucks in society right now. I say that because this should have been a really simple solution. Whatever happened to do whatever you can to please the customer. I didn't get an apology, right? I didn't get anything from these individuals at Best Buy is like, can I make this right tonight when you come back in? I mean, it would have been even nicer. Like, hey, you know what, sir? Uh, the HDMI cord for 30 bucks that you just bought, uh, we'll throw that in uh, for the inconvenience of you driving and using gas that's expensive uh, for doing that. There is nothing. And so I think that our brick and mortar stores right now are in major trouble. If you're Best Buy and you've been relying on people coming in to see the products, but yet your customer service sucks that bad that they can't figure out a difficult situation at the end of a day after they weren't able to sell things the entire day to begin with because their network was down, you're probably not going to be in business. And so I believe that this uh, Best Buy story is actually a microcosm for what's going on in the United States all around at all the brick and mortar stores. When we talk about Amazon taking over the world uh, with all of the deliveries and their big Amazon fulfillment centers that they're putting in, yes, that's going to happen. Why? Because people aren't waking up quick enough to realize they're getting replaced and there's nothing that they can do about it if they don't stop their own complacency. And so Best Buy, when eventually you're completely automated to an online site and there's no more brick and mortar, you can look back to that time that I tried to buy a monitor for $1,000 and you took it out of my account and refused to credit me back. And then I said, you know what? I can get this canceled online and I will never step foot into a Best Buy ever again. And I don't think you should either. That's just what I'm going to tell you guys. Until they either make it right and train better customer service, I am boycotting Best Buy for the rest of my life. Now, I'm not a hypocrite on that too. So you're not going to see me walking into a Best Buy unless they make it right. But there are a lot of hypocrites that are out there right now. And I'd like to point out a big hypocrite, Lauren Bobbert. Now, Lauren Bobbert, you know, in my show, I will go after at times, Lauren Bobbert, I'll go after Marjorie Taylor Greene and all my people on the right that follow my show, which is a lot, okay? A lot. And I appreciate you all. I think you listen to me though, because I, I really do try to give it to both sides equally and be fair and balanced in, in my uh, approach on things. Look, Lauren Bobbert went into a theater to see Beetlejuice, a dark theater to see Beetlejuice. And if you listen to the left right now, they're all up in arms over the fact that her boyfriend, I guess now, because she just got divorced, her boyfriend is groping her breast, fondling her breast. And it looks like on this infrared camera from far away that she reaches over and maybe she reaches into his thigh region and maybe is doing something playful as well. Okay, that is not actually what annoyed me about the video whatsoever. What annoys me about the video is this. The left is all focused on the groping. I'm focused on what happened before. The vaping 
the vaping in the theater in front of other patrons that have to deal with that. That's just poor etiquette, etiquette, Lauren. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking about that. That's poor etiquette or taking photos of you and your boyfriend while the production's going on. You see the phone scanning, you see uh, taking photos forward, backwards of the production. That is just horrible etiquette. Now, as far as who is harmed by you having your grope fest, acting like two 14, 15 year olds going to see a movie for the first time on your very first date, trying to get the second base. Okay. Well, that is just poor adulting, right? I, I think at some point in time as adults, we get to the part where you should hopefully understand that certain things should be in the privacy of your own home or your own property, uh, but out of the purview of where young children, other people should be subjected to it. I'm not really a big fan of PDAs at this point in my life, having to see it, watch it or anything. In fact, I, I like to tease my uh, students. If I see them out in the hallways and they're making out with a girlfriend or girlfriends making out with their boyfriend, I always go, Oh, careful. That's how babies are made. Normally gets them to laugh and it breaks it up and moves along. But that's kind of how I feel about Lauren Bobbert. Now the hypocrisy Lauren Bobbert has went on the record repeatedly talking about the gay pride parades, talking about um, the drag shows. Well, the best part is her boyfriend apparently hosts drag shows at what he owns, his bar. Uh, so this is really kind of good irony there. I, I enjoy that type of irony and the hypocrisy. But on top of that, if you are supposed to set an example for other individuals, well, this is not exactly the way to set an example by vaping in a crowded theater along other people. Now, she did get removed. She did not get removed for the groping. She got removed for the vaping and for being a disruption during the play. Now, the left, the left has jumped on this and they're like, oh, this is immoral behavior. This is absolutely horrible. Okay, now left, pay attention really quickly. When you see a naked man or a half-naked man, who's moving around and gyrating in their speedo as their uh, man bits are bouncing up and down in front of a five-year-old's face during a gay pride parade. And you're more uh, angry about Lauren Bobbert and what she's doing here. Uh, you're a fraud. You're a fraud and you're a jackass. Because if you don't understand that they're both wrong, if it's being exposed to children, then you got nothing to talk about here. In fact, you're a disgusting human being. So when we get down to it, when I'm, I'm seeing all these posts, I start calling people out over the weekend, people like Brian Krasenstein, where he didn't mention whatsoever about gay pride at being wrong or in drag shows at being wrong, the parents that take their children to see this stuff. And I just want people to finally acknowledge that it's all wrong when we talk about the books and the schools, that it's all wrong when it's going into children and it's impressionable minds. And yes, Lefty Lehman, that's directly at you as well. It is all wrong. You can't be upset about what Lauren did and not upset about the books. You can't be upset about Lauren getting her breast fondled and not upset at the fact a drag queen is gyrating on a child. You can't be upset about what Bobbert did with her boyfriend and not be upset at a gay pride parade where people have their wee-wees hanging out with little children watching because the parents took them because little pa the parents are degenerate uh, individuals as well. Okay, so we, we got to just call a spade a spade within all of this. And so the Lauren Bobbert story was the most overpublished story of the entire weekend. Now, the other crazy tabloidist story that came out is the story about, um, well, Russell Brand. 
Now, Russell Brand has been somebody who's been very interesting to me. I've actually invited him onto the show on several occasions. At one point, I thought that he might do the show about nine months ago. And uh, then he got really big on this podcast, uh, what he's doing. He was already much bigger than I am. I'm not saying that I'm in the same ballpark as him as far as uh, viewership and everything. Uh, But my point is, he was entertaining it with his people nine months ago. Now that he's, you know, doing tens of millions of people watching him and listening to him, I'd never heard back. That all stated, he's intriguing to me because he started off on the left. He started off on the left in Hollywood, over in England. He was very like socially conscious about everything, but he's become more and more conservative in a lot of his views or calling out the left for their hypocrisy and calling out the right when the right needs to be called out. I find that he has pretty good balance, but I've always thought that there's something interesting about him that I'm not quite sure whether he is who he says he is. Like I, I know that he has struggled with things in his past and I wondered just how clean he was. Well, now there are a bunch of individuals that are speaking up saying that he forced them in the sex acts Uh, He raped people um, without consent. And so Russell Brand has basically uh, come out, not basically, he came out and has denied all the allegations against him. Now, not only did he uh, deny all the allegations uh, against him, but when he did so, he said that he believes that he's being targeted because of the content that he's putting out right now. He says that, look, back in my younger days, yeah, I was uh, a kind of a, a predatory person when it comes to the sex, but I've owned that. And it was never without consent. He said, you know, if anybody that's saying this type of stuff, I, I, I think it's wrong. I always had consent. Uh, but yes, I was a highly sexual person. And he said that the reason that I'm being targeted right now is because of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things that people don't want me to talk about. And people have been warning me they're going to come after you eventually, uh, Russell. He said, well, I guess that time is now they're, they're after me. He said, but I I'm, don't have any other comments basically at this point in time. We'll address it a little bit in the future. I, I bring that up because there's going to be people that I think you're going to see that are going to start to support. I think that Elon Musk is definitely going to support Russell Brand. I think Elon Musk is going to see through what's going on here. Um, The government is, Ron Paul used to have a bumper sticker that I I purchased. He said, the government hates competition. Don't steal the, they hate competition. Um, I think that that's the same philosophy um, with what Russell Brand is doing right now. I think that Russell Brand is hitting on uh, the vaccines. He's hitting on uh, what the drug company has been doing. He's hitting on the war in the Ukraine. Uh, and he's hitting on the, the cancel culture in a way that is making people uncomfortable. And so how best to deal with that, but eliminate your competition, people that are accusing you of doing certain things. And so Russell Brand is a high profile target, uh, much like Andrew Tate is a high profile target, much like Tucker Carlson, I believe, is becoming a high profile target. Um, I'm waiting to see what's going to be next to take down Tucker Carlson as his numbers continue to grow. Um, but I think that this is an interesting story for us to pay attention to, uh, because maybe it's true. 
I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell my listeners that I think Russell Brand is a, a great human being. I, I don't know him whatsoever. But I, I do think that we're seeing targets put on different people's backs that are more conservative leaning. I, I think that by far at this point in time, we can say that if you are conservative, you have a larger target on your back. And I, I, I know that that's not deserved. I'm positive that's not deserved. So that's the, uh, the start of the week, everybody, right? We got Trump, we got an F-35, we got Lauren Bobbert, we got Best Buy, we got banking, interest rates, Russell Brand. I mean, geez, we covered a, a gambit of topics today together, and I'll be back on Wednesday to do it all over once again and uh, see what's going on in the world at that point in time. We'll see what we're going to be covering. Uh, we'll continue to try to bring you some good shows this week and have a good time. All right, everybody, as always, you can go over to AmericanBolden.com. You can check out my website, uh, help support the show over there, as well as make sure you show a lot of love over the America Out Loud Network for hosting this and at Real Greg Bolden on Twitter and X, where I post exclusive video content. So if you want to see some video interviews or a weekly recap in a video format, you can go right over there. Oh, and I guess I should tell you one last thing before you leave. Uh, I'll give you an update on my health journey. If you're following me, and you saw that I was going to begin a diet. I started off at 199.5 pounds just over three weeks ago. It's like three weeks and two days. I'm down to 187.5 at this point in time and still losing. So I'll continue to update you on that. But uh, Quentin from uh, Legacy Fit, he's helping me out, keeping me to the diet and helping me check in. I appreciate that. I'm starting to get myself back in a healthy shape. All right. That's it. That's all. I hope I honored your time. Well, I'll be back on Wednesday. You've been listening to America emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America out loud network. Be bold America. Uh-huh.